on this episode of Why Watch That. I feel like Luddy sounds like a um, like a scurvy knave, like a, <laughs> like a woman in the kitchen. I'm He's not expecting here. scurvy knave. <laughs> I thought it was definitely very much a slow move toward a very disturbing ending. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was very disturbing. Watch out who you were around. Put it that way. So, <laughs> hey, there you. You there never you know go. who's moving in and why. You tell listen. you that. I saw like ten minutes of it, and I felt that I would leave it to someone else to finish that. Um, you felt complete. <laughs> I did. So it's almost like this Freudian id, ego, super ego thing going on surrounding an executive in Hollywood. Does it work? Why watch that as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head to head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. That. This episode of Why Watch That is supported by Entrepreneur Meal Plan. It helps leaders and professionals feed their bodies and business as well. You know, Critic, I got Mm. a chance to attend a wonderful event by EMP here Uh in Los Angeles. And it was so amazing because Brandy Cochran was able to gather people from all sorts of walks of life. We were able to gather together, have real talk and some real good food too. Mm -hmm. It was a hit. It's food for the soul and the body, which is so hard to find. So if you want to learn more about Entrepreneur Meal Plan, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, go to entrepreneurmealplan.com. The Why Watch That Talk. Okay, so guess what? South by Southwest has come and it has gone. So fast. But we were there for it. And it's interesting because as we talked about earlier, when we were saying, oh, you know, what kind of film festival is this? It's our first go. What do we expect? And the overall conclusion, listeners, is that, boy, when things get back to, you know, where we're we're able to mobilize and gather again, I feel like this is probably going to be one of the major film festivals that you just walk away forever remembering um, because of the wide variety of offerings they had. We decided at Why Watch That to solely focus most, yeah, I'll say solely focus, even if we dipped around, but we Mm -hmm. focused our attention on the film and TV offerings that they had Although they had keynote speakers like Stacey Abrams, hello. They've had um, all sorts of musical acts come in. They had little conferences about new technology. It's quite an amazing, an amazing feat to tackle. So I feel like when things get back to cracking, that might not be a bad film festival or festival period to attend if you love film and TV or if you love all things innovative. Yeah, media. 
yeah. media and the different innovations in it. Mm-hmm. So there you have that. What we're going to do is we're going to quickly go over some of the things that we got to see and experience, mainly, of course, film and TV. Some of these things don't even have a release date. So you'll have to be patient to wait around for it. Or maybe from this quick little dash through, you may just not wait around for it. We'll see. (laughs) With that, it is kind of what it is. Um, But we definitely, definitely want to share with you some of our experience. So first, we have Women is Losers. That critic, you got a chance to see this feature, which was in the narrative feature competition. Yes. Um, And it's it's set in the 1960s in San Francisco. And it's about a promising young woman who gets pregnant. Now, I mean, she's, you know, brilliant at math and all of this stuff. And so how can she deal with being a teenage mom and still fulfill her dreams? So you see how that works. I mean, the family life, all of that stuff. And does she succeed or not? I'll tell you, comedically, it works. The question Hmm. is dramatically. But of everything I saw, Raph, this is toward the top because I was entertained by it. I will say that. And for all of this stuff, everybody, when it gets a formal release date, we'll do a fleshed out review. But that's enough for Women is Losers. Well, what about Ludi? (laughs) (laughs) Or Lottie? (laughs) If you you really want to. I feel like Lottie sounds like a a scurvy knave. Like... (laughs) Like a woman in the kitchen. I'm Get out of here, you scurvy name. <laughs> Get out of here, you lutty. <laughs> you know, it's just... Anyway, I'm sorry. We digress. Oh, it is... This was a spotlight that you were able to take a look at. Um, now, again, you may have to explain... I think we do a lot of Sundance, TIFF, conversations, uh, Tribeca, New York Film Festival... Is Spotlight sort of similar to the other festivals' um, titles for movies when they call it Spotlight? Um, Now, because South by Southwest, as you were saying, Ref, this year is a little different and we haven't been there before. I can't say it, you know, within the full context. But what I can say is it's similar in that it's not in competition. Okay, so these are things they're saying, hey, watch it, but it's not competing. Um, so for, yeah, this is Ludi. So for Ludi, it <laughs> <Lovey>. is, <laughs> it's, I love about, that. That's great. it's about a, a, a nurse who lives in Miami, who's from uh, Haiti and she's working to try to send money back to her family in Haiti. So the question is, how can she do that? Because the work she's getting may not be enough. And you see over the course of really the finite time, what that looks like for her, what obstacles she comes to. This is one of the movies I did not finish. I will tell you that I did not finish it. But the lead performance I thought was good. It's just that the rest of the film didn't support that. Mm-hmm. Well, you win some and you lose some. That's the point of these film festivals. Now. Some. Yo, hush you bloody. Um, it is our hashtag J, which this was also at, this was at Sundance. Yes. And um, matter of fact, I think it was under the spotlight or next. It was under next. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, our hashtag J, whenever you see R and J, I, you just automatically go, okay, what's going on here? Romeo and Juliet. Is it? Mm-hmm. I think it is. Yes. 
And uh, it is via really just like social media and online posts. So that's why it would be in a next category when it premiered at Sundance. Here it is here as a festival favorite because it was at Sundance. And what they do, they do use Shakespeare's text along with contemporary, like what you would actually type into a, a text or post on social media to tell the story of Romeo and Juliet. Um, what I would say is, at first you're like, oh, this is interesting. Then like the whole, let, let me put it this way. If you are going to do this, you can't take a pause and like show us the texts and whatever posts that doesn't lead to a build of what's actually going on plot wise. That's the issue uh, really with this movie. So after a while, it just, after a while I was like, okay, I've gotten it and I don't need it. But I will say for people of this generation, of the you know social media generation, it might work because it did make the story clear. Like when you hear Shakespeare's words, I think they'll understand it. So that was interesting, but I couldn't finish it because I know Romeo and Juliet and I just didn't need to. Well, the interesting thing is I taught English for many years and we would show the Baz Luhrmann and then you show the classic Romeo and Juliet in every Ziffarelli, single- yes. Every single, no matter how many years I taught, every class were like, can we just do away with this other thing and just get to the original? So this will be interesting to see if this will be a nice tool yeah. for those who teach English or if they're just going to forget about it. But <laughs> let's deter from the movies for a second and go to the TV series or episodic premieres. And you got a chance to see Made for Love that will be on HBO Max anytime soon, I'm yeah. assuming. Yep, that's right. And we will review it. I will review it in full closer to that release date, which isn't too far from now. And this, let me put it to you this way. Imagine you are with a billionaire, okay? Uh, like, a, like a tech tycoon guy. And he can build his own world. And you live there with him. He loves you. And he wants to make sure that you are with him and he knows every move you take. What would this tech person do? This is a show that is for people who don't care whether things make sense. It's trippy. They're doing whatever they like. The cast is very interesting, but does it work? Well, I'm going to save that for later. Ooh. Well, let's not save this for later. We're going to go right back into the, the features and go to here before we both got a chance to see this and talk about trippy. Yeah. And I, like I said, when we uh, did our intro to this film festival, when you see Andrea Riseborough in the cast list, I go, oh, like if you haven't seen 000, everybody on Amazon Prime, it's available there. She's in that. Always makes interesting choices. This is no exception. I think she brought focus to this film. I think that there was a clear thing they wanted to do, because what happens is there's a, a, a family and another family moves in next door to them. This family that was there before has a severe loss that they're contending with. And the new family that comes in brings it all up to the surface. So you do have these kinds of uh, horror and suspense beats here. Yeah. For me, they could have built it a little faster, but I didn't mind it. I thought it was good. And of course, I'll flesh that out later. But Ref, what did you think? I thought it was definitely very much 
a slow move toward a very disturbing ending. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was very disturbing. Watch out who you were around. Put it that way. So, <laughs> hey, there you. You never you know go. who's moving in and why. You tell listen, you that. Look who's coming to dinner. Oh, <laughs> How about that. Oh, oh. Moving on back to television. This is not an unfamiliar TV show to you because you have steadily held firm with the first two seasons of the girlfriend experience on stars. Now, this was, if I'm not mistaken, the girlfriend experience was a part of the first batch of stars originals. You got Outliner, you got, you know, um, yeah. Uh, there was another one I can't remember. Power. But, uh, yeah, pow. Oh gosh, how can you forget that? <laughs> and and the girlfriend experience was sort of on the tail end of of that. And you've always had interesting perspectives. And the question is, in season three, I believe, yep. is this going to continue <laughs> in uh, the area where you are constant? I mean, you haven't stopped. Yeah. Are you? Is this? going to help you stop or are you yep. excited about season three? Ooh, now I'm going to, I'm going to be coy okay. because I'll do a full review of this not too long from now. Cause it's coming back shortly. Um, but here's the interesting thing, ref. This is the first season where the creators and original showrunners are gone. So new showrunners. So I was like, mm, what is this going to be like? And, and they gave us the first two episodes at this festival. So it, the girlfriend experience is about, you know, high class, you know. Call girls. Let's yeah. just lay yeah. it out there. Yeah. You know, but they it's give like you, you rent a girlfriend. <laughs> exactly. They give you the girlfriend experience. And this time it's set in the tech world. So the lead character leaves uh, like a PhD program to go from the States to London in order to work for this company in tech, but is also earning money doing the girlfriend experience. I'll tell you, I was very interested. And mm -hmm. the question is, because now we have HBO's industry, how do they compare? I'm going to leave that hanging. Well, um, it, meaning HBO, sorry, we have to make mm -hmm. that clear. HBO has a show called, called Industry. Industry. Yes, yeah. exactly. So mm -hmm. we'll just um, clarify that. Yep. Language Lessons is um, not a TV show. This is another feature that you got a chance to see. I saw like 10 minutes of it and I felt that I would leave it to someone else to finish <laughs> that. Um, you felt complete. <laughs> I did. It was, it was definitely, um, you know, you, you, it's, it's, it's interesting because the people that star in it are people we're used to seeing yeah. in television, especially one of them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, I didn't finish this either. And I'm gonna tell you why <laughs> it's another one of these zoom like things that we have and none of them really work. Uh, we do have the Duplass brothers involved here. Mark is one of the screenwriters and on screen. Natalie Morales uh, is directing here and a co-screenwriter and starring. I would say this, if you want an interesting Spanish lesson, watch this. All right. We'll have to hear a little more later, possibly or possibly <laughs> not. We both got a chance to see the fallout. Whoa. Whoa. What is going mm. on in like... I feel like couple this with some of yeah. the other shows that we've we saw at Sundance. Mm -hmm. Oh, 
We're dealing with some stuff here. It was in competition for feature. But I have a feeling we'll see a little more of this. Yeah, and it won, I up. believe. Yeah. That's why I have a feeling we're going <laughs> to see a little more of this, especially with the performances, the cast, and of course, the subject matter. Exactly. Uh, so it it centers around the high school shooting, what happens in the fallout of that. And we follow certain characters who meet because of this situation. I would say before the shooting, it had energy. And I liked the cast. After it, it dwelled in the emotion instead of ratcheting up, keeping the momentum. And that's why I had to stop. It wasn't that it was bad. It was that I was like, okay, we're waiting in this and I don't need that. And we saw a mass, which is completely different, but similar dealing with the same subject. And that I was, it was electric watching those actors. I think that the acting was good. It's just the narrative itself. It's, I don't know what it was actually. You know, it is it it is every uh, Gen Z and very young millennial uh, nice pot. You got Shailene Woodley in there, Jenna Ortega doing some very fine work, and yeah. other uh, Niles Finch from This Is Us. Mm-hmm. So you know, we'll see. Let's see how this all plays out, yeah. and it'll be interesting. Now you got a chance to see Witch Hunt. Oh, whoa, Ooh. hold on. And I was going to look at this, but I didn't. They don't think they had enough. Um, Mm. Witch Hunt, which was a spotlight uh, from 2020. So it has made its way here, giving us a world premiere. Mm -hmm. Uh, Should we be hunting the people who made this? Or uh, what's going on here? Let me tell you, look, and that title is literal. So it is set in present day United States where there are witches, but it is illegal to practice witchcraft. And they have tests to know whether you're a witch, all of this stuff, they burn you at stake, all of that. They are, of course, witch hunters. And essentially what they have is like an underground railroad system to get them out of the states into Mexico where it's legal. So there's one family that does this. They're not witches. They have a teenage daughter played by Gideon Adlin. And the question is, how does she relate to these witches? And the thing is, if you're going to call it witch hunt and it's going to be about real witches, I want the witch stuff. You get a little bit of it. You want it, witchery. I do. <laughs> Show me, like, make it like the craft. I want that kind of thing. It's interestingly, it's more like a ghost story. If you mix that with um, the Handmaid's Tale almost, it's somewhere in there. Uh, but I wanted when, even when there was magic, I, the production value was like, okay. Oh. So it was fine, but you'll know you'll get more from me later if they get a release date. Yeah. And, you know, if it's locked and sealed, okay. But maybe somebody's going to pick it up and just slap some nice effects on it. Who knows? Um, Violet, which I was violent about not getting into this one um, (laughs) because arguably it has the biggest names. in the entire, you know, festival attached to it. You got a chance to watch it. What are we dealing with here? Well, Violet is played by Olivia Munn. She is an executive in Hollywood. And she has what she calls this committee in her head. that's telling her what to do and what she did is wrong. And I'll, you'll have to guess who voices that. So that's in her head. 
on the screen, because this is the directorial feature directorial debut of Justine Bateman. So on screen, written out in cursive ref is what she really thinks. So you hear the committee, you see what she thinks written out on the screen. And then every now and then you get flashes of like crazy images. So it's almost like this Freudian id, ego, super ego thing going on surrounding an executive in Hollywood. Does it work? I was more interested in the voice for a lot of this movie. But is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, we'll Hmm. have to leave that for later. I guess so. Let's end the narrative portion of the wonderful film and TV shows that you got to watch with a TV show. Them. Now, what's Mm. going on here? You know how I feel. Wait, is it what I think it is? Now, this will be coming to uh, Prime not too long from now. So I'll do a full review then. But it's about the Great Migration. So that's, you know, if you know what that is, great. There's a Black family that goes from North Carolina to California. They go to a specific a neighborhood in California uh, in, is it the 60s or the 50s? One of those two. And when you hear the name of the neighborhood, it's hilarious. Like, you know what it, like, you know where it's going. But this neighborhood is all white and they're Black family coming in. How are they received? It is called them. Okay. And there might be more going on that's a threat that's not just external, but also internal and in the house. So we got a chance to watch the first two episodes of this here. Uh, Lena Waithe is an executive producer, but not a writer, not a showrunner. So let's keep that in mind. It's little Marvin really doing that with Nelson Craig as the director. And the question is, is it worth it to sit through and like be angered? It's a horror show. It is. So automatically you think like Lovecraft country now. How does it compare to that? I'll wait to give all of that away later. Well, let's do away with these narratives. You got a chance to see two non-narratives, one a documentary. And I I don't know what, some, a, 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 a thing. The Lost Sons, which we don't normally review docu- docs, but maybe in a special episode, we will talk about some docs that we're super, super excited about. But The Lost Sons. Yeah. And this will probably pop up on CNN at some point because they produced it. Um, It is a CNN type of documentary. So if you've seen CNN documentaries, it's similar. It's about in the 60s, uh, a baby boy goes missing from the hospital. Somebody stole the baby out of the hospital, missing for over a year. And then a year and a half or so later, in a completely different part of the country, A toddler, a young boy is found. No parents, no one knows who, you know, he is, where he's come from. So the FBI and everybody puts two and two together and they go, maybe this is the kid that was missing from over a year ago. And so the parents of that missing child take in this kid, but is this their son? That's the question. And what's the fallout of this? Because we do see him as an adult trying to figure this out. Now, his parents, are they in with this, his family and so on? That's the question here. Um, What I would say is what I was thinking of is three identical strangers. Yeah, I was seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. In comparison, this isn't as just exciting and like 
uh, like surprising, but it is surprising. And I think when they go through the whole thing about checking his DNA and tracing the genealogy and leading up to the end, it was interesting. It's just in comparison to that when I would probably say Three Identical Strangers is a little better, but I was interested in this. And I think if you're interested in that story to see how it turns out, you will, after you get about halfway through, start going, oh, this is turning into something else. It's that Interesting. kind of thing. Yeah. Well, let's turn over this leaf of of the uh, South by Southwest kind of re- end review with Twyla Moves. And again, this is based on Twyla Tharp, who's a famous, I, I have two of her books and I've never seen her work live. I've seen her work on film, but super excited, especially if you are into the arts, especially if you're into dance. Exactly. And what was interesting here, because it is a documentary, but it was in the vision section, which is interesting. Uh, the reason is it, the conceit is Twyla decided during quarantine to do choreograph a new piece via Zoom. So, you know, you have all of these major principal ballet dancers in this, uh, you know, uh, look, we have Misty Copeland and so on doing this. So we see her creating this piece. We see her dancing it herself and then telling them what to do. What's her process like and how is it going to work on Zoom? But what I like the best is it wasn't just about that. They traced who Twyla is and was. So you see when she started as a dancer, how crazy she is where all of these ideas came from. So the way it was structured, I think, was successful because it wasn't just about the quarantine. So if you're interested, like the ref said, in dance at all, definitely watch Twyla Moves when it's available. And check out her books. They are absolutely amazing. Now that wraps up our 2021 coverage of South by Southwest. Overall critic, thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, especially with an online environment and with what they had to choose from. You always have to take this into account. South by Southwest did a wonderful job. They have so much going on um, that I think there was something there for everybody. Well, excellent. And I can't wait for an opportunity to go in person. But until then, you're just going to have to stick with us. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.